Welcome to a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. Executive Producers Deb Barnett and Doug Nickber. You can find us at BACN Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and at www.bacnpodcast.com. Enjoy the show. My heart feels dead inside. Welcome to Damn, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug, and these are my acute mental neuroses. Let's start off with some good news, and some bad news, and some good news, and some bad news. <clears throat> and not necessarily news, I should say, but just kind of the roller coaster uh, that is life. What a shit thing to say. There's a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of my uh, probation. Um, I had a rough year last year. If you listen to the show regularly, you know that um, while I haven't said specifics, um, I did some bad things, I ended up in therapy, ended up on probation, and uh, all these things have helped me uh, change a lot in the last year. But there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and I've been talking to a court officer to get me off of off of paper, get me out of the system, and then I can really move forward with my life without the weight of this on me, and um, I can start looking for a better uh, grown-up job, and uh, get my own transportation, and start kind of putting um, aspects of, of my personal life back together. Speaking of putting things together, the book is done. Uh, my first novel, The Strangest Kindness, uh, is being shipped to my uh, home as we speak, well, probably being printed right now, um, but I finished the, I finally uh, sat down and finished the uh, book design, um, the, the dust cover design, the uh, synopses that go on that. Um, I, I think I talked about last week that I uh, had not broken the book down into chapters, and I that was it took me a couple of days, like I said. Um, actually, I think I said it took me. Uh, I would, it would take me a couple hours, but it took me a couple of days just to break everything down and make sure everything was aligned right. But it's done, and all I had to do was pay for shipping, and that was a nice little um, discount. Uh, and uh, that's it. It's on the way. I should have it uh, beginning of uh, I say beginning of next month. Uh, but by the time this, by the time this goes up, it'll already be February. So I'll have it probably by the middle of February. Um, and once again, um, like I said last week, I'll post pictures of that when it's done. Um, speaking of being done, I talked about Deb's drawing, which was a post-apocalyptic Ninja Turtle um, that uh, would have posted uh, last week. Uh, no applause, and at, uh, the pictures of it are on Twitter and Facebook for the BACN podcast. So that's all really good, you know, good stuff. And then, of course, you know, life, you know, takes a swing sometimes, and sometimes those, you know, punches connect. Um, it's going to be a little stressful at the day job. Um, there's going to be some more uh, personnel changes and uh, power vacuums, and I'm trying to stay the fuck away from all of the all of the drama um, associated with it. And you know, I've played. The, the management game, and I played the service industry game long enough that I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. Um, but it's still, you know, I knew what the logical conclusion of one of the situations would be, but I still don't like kind of the way it played out. So possibly uh, when I record next week, I'll have kind of more about this um, if I am approached for um, a, a, a different position uh, that would fold into me being, um, I already do the IT 
and all the back office stuff like spreadsheets and uh, word processing and some light data entry as well as front of house. So um, we'll see kind of what uh, you know my boss wants to do um, moving forward with that. And uh, you know, like uh, it, it's it's stressful. It's once again I I, I feel um, I need to catch myself when I project uh, onto people that you know they don't know how to use a sort of speaking or a sort of listening. And I think that was part of why I was a little disconcerted from how the situation played out because it was like, well, if you see things from different points of view, I think a lot of this could have been avoided and the work relationship, uh, work relationships would not have been become strained, you know, and communication could have been kept a bit more uh, streamlined or consistent, but it didn't. Um, let's just be honest here. Uh, these people don't have uh, my experiences and that doesn't make me better than them. It doesn't make them worse than me. Um, it just means that they haven't had the experiences I've had and uh, I need to be careful to not project that on them and, and get frustrated. I'm going, well, why don't you do this? And it's like, well, then I'm getting control issuey with my changes. It's like, th that doesn't, that doesn't work. I, I need to, to, you know, let go. And I've been doing a really good job of that and just going, you know, I just wash my hands of it and whatever's going to happen is going to happen and I can't control anything. You know, I can only control what's going on on my side of things, and that is me just staying out of it. Hoping that whatever pertinent information I need in terms of doing schedules or spreadsheets, um, so forth, so on, uh, gets communicated to me in a timely manner. Um, that's all I really care about, is just whatever pertains directly to me and my job. So while all that's going on, I may have met a girl. Um, nothing serious. I'm not, we, I just... Can you hear that? Can you hear the Russian? Oh, the angry Russian yelling from the office next door. Ooh, door slam. You know, it's it's funny, and I'll kind of take you through uh, a nutshell of it, uh, is this girl came in, and uh, she smiled at me, and I smiled at her, and uh, usually I'm very oblivious. Uh, a coworker who was a, a girl was like, I think she's smiling at you, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she goes, well, go flirt. And I was like, I don't know how to flirt. Uh, and she goes, well, just smile at her. I'm like, I'm worse at smiling. <laughs> and uh, um, a normal person would have would have you know maybe gotten a little anxious and like oh I don't know what to do I you know how do I flirt no no Doug was like oh my god I don't know how to flirt I'm totally going to talk about this on the next podcast <clears throat> which was uh, really I was just intellectualizing it at that point and uh, instead of tackling the problem but uh, I ended up uh, noticing that her text tones on her phone were R2D2 um, so my, that was my game it was with Star Wars. A lot of background noise uh, on this episode. I'm very sorry. So uh, I, I went over to her and I said, um, your text tones, are those R2-D2 or is that like a default Android phone sound? And she goes, oh, is it too loud? I went, no, no, I'm just very, you know, I, I, I tend to pick up on the sounds of astro droids. So at that point, I'm starting to kind of poke to see. And she goes, well, my old ringtone used to be Chewbacca. And I was like, well, that's awesome. It makes me want to make a job of the hut laughing ringtone, which I did. You know, we kind of smile and talk about Star Wars for a little while and, and ringtones, and uh, I walk away, and um, we keep kind of like catching each other's eyes and smiling, and, and that was nice. And then uh, as uh, we were closing up, and she was the last one to leave, I started talking to her. I said, you know, what have you been working on so intently? And she goes, well, I'm doing this project for... She was going to school for to uh, get her RN, uh, registered nurse certification. I said, well, what's, what's the, the project? And she goes, well, we have to, like, think about uh, what part of our brain would we eliminate. Uh, and she goes, I'm th I kind of wanted to go a little superhero with it. 
I, of course, melted. I said, well, what did, what did you do? And she goes, well, I don't know. I'm really struggling with it. Um, I said, well, you could have gone with Darkman, kind of done what they did in Darkman, where he, you know, they sever that weird nerve and he doesn't, he has unregulated uh, adrenaline, so he doesn't feel pain. He's got, you know, super, uh, super strength or heightened strength, heightened speed, uh, no flight or fight reaction, um, you know, and all of that. And she goes, oh, I should have done Darkman. You're totally right. Okay, now she's into Star Wars and Darkman. Once again, I don't find these girls that often. And so we start talking about Darkman and Sam Raimi movies, and then she tells me about like what she was doing on her paper, which was, like, yeah, like uh, the amygdala and fight or flight and like hormone, you know, manipulation and all this kind of stuff, um, or regulation rather. She was like, you seem to know a lot about you know Sam Raimi movies. I said, yeah, uh, you know, I have a podcast where I can just kind of nerd vomit and get it all out of my head. And she got really excited. So either she likes me, likes podcasts, or both. And I gave her my card and said, yeah, like, you know, we've got a couple shows. Um, I co-host the, the pop culture one. And she goes, I'll listen to them and then come back in and let you know. And I went, that would be great. And I was like, you know, what's uh, my name's on the card. I'm, like, I'm Doug. What, what? And she goes, I'm Jamie. And I went, well, nice to meet you, Jamie. Drive safe. Uh, I look forward to seeing you soon. So, uh, and that was on a time of recording uh, that was on Monday. Today's Thursday. I haven't seen her. But that's fine, you know? She's busy with school and whatever. I didn't really poke around to see if she had a boyfriend or not. Um, I don't know. Um, but it was really weird, speaking of girls with boyfriends, that uh, you heard me talk about Danny, who was uh, the cosplay Comic-Con uh, girl from, um, I think, two, three weeks ago's episodes, who was gorgeous. And she came back in, and she was really flirty with me, which I don't understand. I think maybe because I told her I cleaned up good, and when she saw me, I was really scruffy. And then this week, I've been, like, just, I've kind of been cleaned up. I got a haircut, you know, um, trying to shave regularly I, for some strange-ass reason. Um, you know, trying not to go, like, a week and a half and uh, build up a little shit beard. You know, once again, like, nothing serious. I'm just kind of flexing those muscles metaphorically and, you know, kind of, you know, baby bird in a nest, you know, eyeballing the, the thought of flight. So that's good. Um, let's talk about kind of what's going on, you know, a bit uh, uh, on the fun side of my personal life. You heard about it on um, last week's uh, No Applause, Just the Clap. Um, but I uh, talked about that I kind of uh, brainstormed a D&D dwarf named uh, Scondo based on a co-worker talking about the dough she makes uh, for scones. And I went, Scondo, that sounds like a great D&D character. And then I just this, you know, Dwarf leapt into my mind, and he's like, ha, ha, we, you know, ha, ha, we shall drink this wine before going into battle, and he always heartily claps people on the back. Uh, most of my characters have very odd uh, eccentricities, and that would be one of them, is uh, he always heartily um, slaps people on the back and laughs, uh, regardless of the, of, of the social cues and situations. And I ended up uh, drawing him, because it was slow at work, and I just thought it'd be fun to doodle. Um, after Deb's drawing, I'm kind of, you know, really... Uh, having fun with that kind of zen art of drawing where I can just kind of blank out and kind of enter this world where I get to like decide the details and then draw and it's very relaxing and like I said the kind of the zen art of it all and um, I uh, was talking to Deb and I said you know I really wanted to digitally paint your 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 Ninja Turtle but um, it, the, that piece was not conducive to that um, I think I'm going to scan in um, uh, this dwarf uh, Skondo and um, digitally paint him, and she was like, great, and I've started working on that, um, outside of a few other things that I'm going to get to in the next couple of minutes, 
So that's been uh, one of those uh, fun kind of going back to it things where I, once again, I miss being, I, I miss drawing on the computer. I miss drawing, period. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about designing logos in a couple minutes. You know, it was nice to have kind of a, uh, a vanity um, project to do um, with, with the dwarf and the painting. A little bit of uh, personal work. Uh, I am finally sitting down uh, to uh, input, uh, do data entry on the multiple boxes of comics I'm selling. Um, some of you that might know me would go, holy crap, Doug's selling his comics. Not all of them. Um, I managed to go through the um, seven or eight boxes I've got. Um, I condensed what I wanted into about three boxes. I'm selling the rest. And um, the company that um, would would be willing to buy my collection or that I need to submit my collection to wants kind of an itemized list. So I went through box by box with um, a notebook and pen and just broke it down. And uh, it took me several several days, as you think it would for someone who's been collecting comics since, you know, I was you know, probably uh, early, you know, childhood, you know, 9, 10, right in there. So about fifth grade. And uh, <laughs> so um, I now need to input that into an Excel spreadsheet, which uh, is just a daunting task. Um, it's one of those I know once I start it, I'll be able to just slam through it and get it done. Um, it's just a matter of once again carving out the time and carving out the fire of doing on that one. It, it, it's so, it's going to be so tedious that I'm just like, ugh, ugh, I could just go draw a dwarf right now instead of doing this. And it's like, that doesn't work for one of my resolutions, which was to start things I finish, which once again, it's something else I'm going to, I'm going to talk about in a couple minutes. There's actually a, a, not a substantial list of stuff to get through this week, but just, um, stuff I really wanted to expand upon. So I'm going to be getting ready, ready to do that comics list. I'm going to try to have it done you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks. And that's going to help um, kind of soften the blow of buying a new computer as well. Um, if they uh, take, you know, if they offer me any decent amount of money for it, because I'm looking just to get rid of them, um, just to clear out some space. And so, you know, I'm willing to take kind of a low ball um, offer. Um, not necessarily what they're, you know, what each issue is based on. Uh, if, you know, I sold it for cover price, it would be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars probably close to thousands, probably a thousand dollars, maybe, but I'm willing to take, you know, half of that, a third of that, um, because most of the comics are from the, uh, uh, early nineties. And, uh, even though, yeah, that's almost 25 years old, it's, it's like, they might as well have been printed yesterday because, you know, with the big comics boom in the nineties, um, you have multiple printings, you have just, I mean, flooded the markets. A lot of the issues are just not worth, cover price uh, because of how many they made. So let's talk about, we've talked about it on, we'll talk about it on Shooting the Gap tomorrow's show, which will go up, uh, would have gone up last week. Um, we talked about it two weeks ago on, on No Applause, and we'll talk about it uh, this week on Dam. There was a big network crossover. Um, Deb decided to physically host Shooting the Gap, so we had uh, hosts of all three shows. We had James and, and, and Ryan from Shooting the Gap. Gonzo, unfortunately, wasn't able to make it. We had uh, Deb and myself, obviously, from uh, No Applause, and more obviously me from this show. Damn. Um, and, you know, I didn't, you know, we we did uh, the top five Dugs, and that was a lot of fun. I was very surprised that, you know, Deb did not join me on the Nerd Front, and we talked about this on No Applause, that she, working at a sports bar, she was actually very, you know, had a well-established kind of base knowledge of sports, um, 
and I was not prepared for that. So it was very fun to feel isolated, uh, especially because I started thinking of myself as you know the Doug from Dam, where really all that happened was at the end of the at the end of um, shooting the gap, I said you know good night internet my my sign off. So but it was a lot of fun, and I hope to do it again maybe in a couple months. Uh, you know I'd love to if when I get back up on my feet, love to host something like that. Um, and have, um, you know, more of the talent show up for a round table of, of whatever it is. You could do a, a, a fun crossover and have them on no applause, I think would be uh, really fun. Um, kind of take it to the home field advantage for me. Speaking of the BACN, um, I finally cracked the code on another one of our shows that um, I didn't want to be all over the network. Um, this is not the Doug network. This is, I didn't want multiple shows with me on it, and there was one that... I suddenly brainstormed how, how to pull it off, and the working title for it uh, is uh, Fear Agent, uh, P-H-E-A-R, which is uh, Post-Human Elimination and Reclamation, and it's kind of a throwback to, uh, if you heard me talk a couple weeks ago about doing a superhero podcast, it's not a show about um, talking about superheroes. It's kind of a throwback to the old radio pulps, um, the old radio serials of um, Batman and Superman, um, kind of the old pulp stuff with uh, the Shadow and Doc Savage, and uh, what it's going to be is a basically it's going to be a serialized uh, story of this like a post-human, like a meta-human, and kind of his whole thing. And and basically the the kernel of this all started more than ten years ago, I'd say. Um, I had uh, brainstormed an idea for three miniseries. One was a, a love letter to the Peter David run on Hulk. Uh, the second one was my love letter to The Flash. The third was a love letter to Akira. And then that would lead into this huge sweeping ongoing uh, called The Pandora Legacy. And uh, to write The Pandora Legacy, I literally I had a notebook that had like five pages of character breakdowns, and it was going to be a huge cast of, of characters. There were like 20 people in it um, to begin with. Um, I had the first four years of storylines put together, the first like 48 issues. Uh, that's not right. Four years is uh, four. Yeah, 48. I'm right. And uh, so I had the first four years and I had, you know, if you look through the notebook, it was like there was a flow chart of, of when, you know, what happened when and who did this and who did that. And there was like literally a timeline to show me, you know, while, um, oh, well, let me tell you, the, the Hulk love letter uh, uh, comic was called Ion. Uh, the Flash one was called Blitz. Uh, then there was, oh, I don't remember... I don't remember the name of, of the Akira one. But anyway, like, uh, you know, Blitz and Ion kind of happened at the same time. And then um, I think the Pandora Legacy was was the third one, and I don't remember the name of the ongoing. Uh, maybe that was it. And uh, or the ongoing was called, like, Others or, or something like that. Um, and uh, so I needed, I needed a timeline to show me, okay, Blitz and Ion happened at the same time, and this is when, you know, uh, Blitz and Ion cross paths, and when the main character from um, Pandora Legacy happens to this, and then his connections to the people inside of the others, and so forth and so on. And literally, I had people that would look at the notebook and go, this looks like the notebook of a serial killer. This looks like the Zodiac Killer notebook, with all these, you know, esoteric charts. But that was kind of the kernel of, of what was is going to become Fear Agent, um, it's, I literally tried to remember as much as I could from it since I don't know where the notebook went and it's just going to be from his point of view and it's kind of a last will and testament of this character, you know, telling you the story of how he, you know, when he first, be, his powers first kicked on to, uh, his death. It's kind of, uh, you know, uh, it's a wonderful life, 
uh, retrospective of the superhero, um, even though he's not actually called a superhero. You, they, you don't really, it's not really super, it's very street level. And I'm, I'm coming up on, wow, I'm over 20 minutes, that's good. We'll just, uh, once again, that's really good, and I'm, and I'm having a lot of fun designing the logos, which is what I wanted to go back to. I, I brainstormed very quickly three logos. I got very excited. It was just, it kind of fell out of my head in a spectacular, you know, wave, a wave of creativity. Uh, I, I wanted to get all this together for Deb to, to review so she could, you know, look at um, kind of what I want to do and give me the go-ahead on a test episode um, or two, and then, you know, we'd revisit that. So since she's the chief creative officer, you know, she kind of gets a say on a lot of the shows um, before they're, they see the light of day. Um, so I wanted to have a logo in the ad copy and, um, you know, possibly a test episode, if not at least a go-ahead on a test episode. Um, a pilot for it. Um, and then I was like, well, I haven't worked on KBACN. And I really need to, once again, like I said, I need to focus on finishing things I, I, I start. And that's part of my uh, news resolution. I now, I now realize that I need, I'm literally going to have to schedule my week. Um, you've heard me talk ad nauseum um, about not having the time to do certain things and having to carve out the time to do these things. So I am saying it now, so there's accountability that um, Mondays and Fridays, I will work on, uh, Monday and Friday mornings is KBACN. Um, I'm going to write um, a scene each day, and I should, I think that, I figured I, I would knock out a season of that every three months at that schedule, which is fine, um, because we're going to be taking breaks between each of the three seasons for that. Uh, uh, Tuesdays is a variant and kind of a general catch-up day. Wednesday, as well as kind of a general catch-up day, um, I will take care of whatever I need to take care of. And if uh, one of those days becomes a fear recording day, then, then that's fine. And then, you know, Thursday I've got damn and editing that. And then Friday is, uh, Friday night is, is shooting the gap. And then Saturdays is uh, no applause. And then Sunday is kind of, oh, uh, Thursday nights are uh, watch a movie night. Um, so I have something to talk to, <laughs> to, to Deb on Saturdays. And then Sundays are kind of just, once again, a kind of a general wrap-up, um, you know, I it, if, if I, you know, can get ahead enough and I can just take the whole day off on Sundays, then great. Sundays kind of are my, my days. I'm really, literally going to plot this out on a, on a note, uh, note on my computer so I can be kept accountable and I can keep track of what's going on. And I can kind of go, okay, well, Tuesdays is this, Wednesdays is that, um, so I don't get confused and I don't skip over anything. And lastly, I rediscovered the music I've been listening to while I, I work on some of this stuff, I rediscovered uh, Blake Schwarzenbach's bands, um, Jawbreaker and Just Brazil, who were massively influential on um, the degree I got. The fact that uh, Blake Schwarzenbach and I have similar degrees is not a coincidence. Um, his lyrics are amazing. I, I worship at his altar. Um, they are by far a tie for my favorite band, followed closely by The Clash, in case you're wondering. And I rediscovered uh, Jets Brazil and Jawbreaker. I kind of took a break from them because they were on every mix. They were on every whatever. And I went, nah, whatever. And then when uh, my friend Charlotte was in town, uh, she told me to play um, Sea Anemone, which is an amazing song as well off of uh, Orange Rhyming Dictionary. It kind of sparked like, oh, yeah, like I need to listen to Orange Rhyming Dictionary again. And I went back to listening to my um, kind of catch-all mixes of Jawbreaker and Jets and fell back in love with them, and I have had them stuck in my head for the better part of a week. I love it. So it's just fun. It's just fun rediscovering music. The drawback to that was I was actually on a bus listening to the song Air Traffic Control, which is about a guy working through this 
process of if the plane goes down and he talks about looking at the wing and he's feeling turbulence and is everything okay but it's just him and I was looking at the window and I was on, on a bus and it was still very eerily similar and I was just really hit by the fact that he says you know um, I compose this note in, in case I don't come home you know I'm thinking of you in case I forgot to say uh, I love you every day just know I'm, I'm thinking uh, I'm doing it in, in, in my quiet ways and I was just like, if this bus wrecked right now, I would have no one to say I love you to. I mean, I, I wouldn't have anyone to, to say that to. And it was a very sobering moment. I wouldn't say depressing. It it was just this very earnest, somber moment where I was like, I don't have anyone I could write that note to. I mean, I do. I, I love, there are people in, in, in this world I love it's not like I'm hanging on to an ex-girlfriend's where I'd be like, I always loved you. That's, you know, I love them all as friends. Um, all of them. I'm going out on a limb and saying that um, for some of you people who know my personal life, um, I do love all of them. There are no exceptions. But I don't have anyone romantically that I would just be like, I if I never said it, you know, every day, you know, just know I'm thinking of you. And I'm going, I have no one at this bus wrecked right now. I died in a fiery blaze, which I'd like to go out in. I'd have no one to say that to. I'd have no one I would think. I would just go, oh, huh, <laughs> dead. And it was, like I said, it wasn't depressing, um, but it was a very, very earnest and somber moment that kind of shifted a little bit of my perspective and went, you really need to put your life back together. And, and, and I'm not saying I'm dependent on a romantic relationship to do that, but... I think I've changed enough that I think I'm getting closer and closer to being ready for it. And I think my perspective is shifting to look at kind of the, the long game of, of putting my personal life back together, which is, you know, frightening for me to, to go back into the dating scene or to meet someone. I mean, I get excited about, you know, getting to know people, but um, it's terrifying at the same time. But it's a good kind of terrifying. You probably, I don't know if you can hear it in the, in the rumbling of my voice, but there's a little bit of optimism. There's a little bit of, like, you know, it's, you know, it's a fun terrifying. That's enough out of me. This has been one of the longest episodes, which I guess I'm just making up for for the couple weeks ago when I was sick. Um, from uh, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I am Doug. And from Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have been my neuroses. Good night, Internet. Thank you for listening to the BACN, your home for almost bacon and banjo!